This is the Prosper Stronger Podcast, a community where LDS women gather to cultivate covenant connections and strive to be devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Prosper Stronger Podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and today I am excited to talk with you and share with you some of my thoughts about General Conference. Yesterday during sacrament meeting, one of the speakers shared some of his favorite conference talks, and they weren't ones just from the most recent, just just conference talks that had shaped his life, things that he had gone back to over and over again and had helped him evaluate and change and become a better person. And so that got me thinking about my favorite talks. And I I don't like to use the word favorite because it suggests that one is better than another. And I don't think that's the case. They could be a favorite for a lot of different reasons. So instead, I would say the talks that really spoke to me, the talks that have been more meaningful in my life, not necessarily my favorite, but talks that I keep going back to over and over and over again at different times in my life, when I'm struggling with different things, when I'm feeling different feelings, um, when I feel like I just need an added boost. And there are definitely some talks that have been very impactful in my life, life life-changing, let's say, that have guided me and helped me. And I wanted to share some of those today. But even more than that, I hope that you will think about some of yours, some of the talks that you just, when you heard them, they just spoke right to your heart. They answered your question, or they applied a healing balm to your soul, or maybe they gave you hope. Maybe they taught you truth. Maybe you learned things that you hadn't known before, and maybe they just brought you peace or many, many other things. So I'm not necessarily sharing mine because I think you need to like all the same ones I do. That's not it. It's that I hope you will take this time to ponder and think on some of the favorites. There I said it again, favorites, some of the talks that were and have been most meaningful, most helpful to you in your life. So when I had this idea to go back and and just kind of look through some of my, I'm going to call them my anchor talks these talks that just anchor me to the gospel and anchor my soul and my heart and my mind. I thought, oh, this will be easy because there's just, you know, there's some that just really stand out and I'll just pick those. I'll just say, that's my list, these top five or whatever. Well, this is what happened. I went up to my place to study and I pulled up my notebook and this is my kind of my idea journal for Prosper Stronger. And I thought, okay, I'll pull that out. Let's see what we can come up with. And I started my list. And truthfully, this kind of all began not just with that talk yesterday that I heard in church, but also the musical number that was before the talk. So we had the privilege and blessing of having Casey Elliott from Gentry come to our ward. And he sang a song that I have listen to, I let me say, this is one of those anchor songs, I guess you could call it. Um, as soon as I heard it the first time, I knew it spoke to my soul. It has brought me so much help and so much peace and so much comfort and made a huge difference in my life. And this song is called Guide Me to Thee. And it's a hymn. And this particular arrangement is just without words. It's just so beautiful and touching and inspiring. It's 
The Spirit, as Casey Elliott sang this song arranged by Stephen Nelson for the group Gentry, but it was done as a solo. The Spirit just completely filled the room, filled the chapel, filled all the extra space. The Spirit got into every single crack and corner of the space and of the heart. It was so amazing and so powerful. And I thought, this is truly my prayer. My prayer is to be guided to Christ. Guide me to thee. And the song, the hymn, the lyrics are so powerful. So just listen for a minute to these lyrics. I won't read all of them, but just some of the key ones that I jump out to me. It starts, Jesus, my Savior true, guide me to thee. Help me thy will to do, guide me to thee. Even in the darkest night, as in the morning bright, be thou my beacon light, guide me to thee. So even when life is hard, even when we are in the darkness of night, even when we're feeling that loneliness, that hard, the depression, the hopelessness, the burden, everything, where we're in our tears, there as well as in the morning light. When we're feeling joy and hope and gladness in all the range in between, Jesus, guide me to thee. The next word, uh, verse says, through this dark world of strife, guide me to thee. Teach me a better life. Isn't that what we want? That's what I want. Teach me how to live a better life. And not just for me, teach it to me so I can share it and help others live a better life, especially my family and those I love and minister to. Let thy redeeming power be with me every hour. Be thou my safety tower. Guide me to thee. I don't know about you, but there's something about feeling safe that we all long for. We want to be embraced. We want to be protected, especially in our world today. It is crazy what is happening. And if I give too much of my time and attention to what is going on in the world, I find that I start to get nervous. I start to get more fearful. I actually, my body starts to get more cold. Does that sound weird? Sometimes when I watch movies, if there's a lot of contention or violence or things that elicit fear, I start to shake. So I don't like that. I want safety. So Jesus, please be thou my safety tower. Guide me to thee. Then it goes on. When strife and sin arise, when tears bedim my eyes, we've all been there. You've been there with strife and sin and tears, sorrow, right? When hopes are crushed and dead, I've been there. I've had those times when I just can't muster up enough to even hope anymore. That's when we cry and that's when we plead and that's when we reach up to our Savior. When earthly joys are fled, thy glory round me shed. Guide me to thee. That's all we can do in those moments is reach up to our Savior and plead, please embrace me with thy glory. Give me thy love. Help me feel a shred of hope. Help me feel that we can go on, that you are here with me, right? Guide me to thee. And then the final verse, when silent death draws near, calm thou my trembling fear. Let me thy mercy prove. Let thy enduring love guide me to heaven above. Guide me to thee. Those lyrics are amazing. 
And it is a prayer. It's a prayer that I often have and I often feel. And maybe you do too. Not that I'm getting close to death. I don't think I am, but I have loved ones who are. I have a step-grandfather who passed away just a few weeks ago. Of course, you've already heard me talk about when my mother passed away and, and I was had just barely turned 16. In everything we do, in the joys and the sorrow, the darkness and the light, in all things, I pray and plead that the Savior will guide me to Him so that I can be embraced in His glory, so that I can receive the peace and the love, that never-ending happiness that we hear in Mosiah chapter 2, verse 41. The bliss, the eternal bliss that Alma talks about, that's what we want, and it is available to us through Jesus Christ. So please, please guide me to Thee. And that was the song that was our musical number right before this talk that was given. And I know I've said before, I just don't have the words to explain how powerful the song was. So as I listened to this brother give his talk, and then as I approached this idea, I thought that's the answer. We want to be guided to Christ. How do we do it? What is the way? The way is through his words, the word of God, through the scriptures, and through our living prophet and apostles, by God's chosen leaders, by his servants who are chosen to guide us to him. So I was really excited about this idea of writing down my anchor talk and reviewing them. And I thought, okay, I'll put aside a little time. So I set aside an hour. I thought, okay, that will do it. That'll be great. I'll have time to not only look at them, but read through them and really just immerse myself in them again. Well, I got going. And as I showed you before, I started in my in my notebook here. And I thought, okay, I'll just do, I just marked a few spots down. I thought, okay, there'll be a few here. And maybe I put, you know, six or seven up to 10. I thought I'll probably have 10 of those just real anchor talks. That's it. Well, as I got going, and as you can probably see, if you're watching the video, I filled up two entire pages. I have 65 talks here and I could have kept going. As a matter of fact, there are a lot more I would have written down and I'm missing actually three conferences that I wanted to review. And I just ran out of space and time because after two hours of going through these talks, I just was like, you know what? I have to keep going. I do have things I have to get done today. Even though I loved going back and looking through them, it was amazing. Just the experience itself was powerful, even though I didn't get to actually read through very many of them. I looked at my notes. I looked at what I'd highlighted. And even as I saw just one little phrase from a talk, I felt the power of it. I felt the truth of it. And I was reminded of how it had blessed and changed my life and either helped me through a really difficult time or answered one of my questions or just given me strength or helped me understand with more clarity, my identity and my role, my purpose, the mission that God has for me and what I need to be doing as a covenant woman. And I'm actually going to change that. It's not what I need to be doing. It's what I need to be becoming as a covenant woman. Just a marvelous two hours of going through these talks. So then I thought, okay, well, now I have a challenge because which ones am I going to share here with you? That was really, really hard. There were so many, and I, I honestly don't even know yet. I do know one for sure. 
And I wanted to start with this one because it is was a game-changing one for me. And this one is A Plea to My Sisters by President Russell M. Nelson. This was from October 2015. And this was before he was our prophet. He was the president of the Quorum of the Twelve at the time. This talk has been a guiding force for me to guide me to Jesus Christ, but also to help me realize that God had more for me to do. At the time it was given, I was feeling very much the weight of the burden I was carrying and have been carrying of basically being a spiritual widow. I love my husband. We are still married, but he chose to turn his back on the church, on the covenants, and on God. And it's been 18 years, and this has been an extremely, extremely, extremely difficult journey. And in 2015, I was feeling the weight of this burden very heavily. My children were, the oldest was 15. So that was, you know, he was in the thick of being a teenager. I had another one that was a tween. And then the two younger ones had a four-year-old. And then one who was, you know, 10, 11. And he had a lot of anger. There were just a lot of things as a mother, the worry of teaching them the gospel, of helping them understand and recognize truth. I know you felt these things. You're a mom. If you're a mom or a grandma, if you're an aunt, if you teach these young children and youth, you know they are facing a world that is so full of deception and distraction and falsehoods and anger and just so many things. And so as a mother who was trying to do this all alone and doing it well, at the same time, I was being opposed in my own home. So I was trying to find ways to teach them truth. I was trying to figure out what I needed to do and how I was going to do it. And this talk gave me the confidence to know who I was, to know that I was valued and that my role as a woman in the church and in my home was ordained of God and that he would be there to help me, to lift me up, to raise me, to strengthen me, to guide me. This was so fascinating to me. I knew he could do all those things, and this talk helped with that, but it did something else. In many ways, this talk actually broke the chains of bondage I was feeling from the burden. For so long, I'd been carrying that burden, and I felt like it was all-encompassing, that every day that's all I could think about. And with this talk from President Nelson, it was like that burden, that that huge thing I was carrying, everything that was on my shoulders, I started to realize that I could look beyond that. It started to crack. My vision started to crack and open up to see that even though I was carrying this big weight, that God had intended more for me. He didn't just intend for me to have more to do. It wasn't just that. He actually intended for me to have more access to his power. He intended for me to have more access to the privileges that were available to me as a covenant-keeping woman. It opened up the idea that there was joy in store and that I wasn't just defined by my burden, by my trial, by my challenge, or by my situation that I could define myself as a covenant-keeping woman of God. And it was liberating. And it helped me see that there was more in my life, that God needed me to do more. He had more for me. He had a special mission for me. And yes, teaching my children, being the mother of them, being the wife of my husband, being a light in my home was part of that mission. But I started to feel the stirrings in my soul that there was more. 
that God intended for me and that it was time for me to open up my mind and open up my heart and be willing to step into that. This was in 2015, as I mentioned. It has been eight years and it has been an amazing eight years. And this was the talk that started me down the path of realizing that I could turn to God and he would make more of my life than I ever could. I knew it was possible. I just didn't believe it was possible for me. And now I do, not just for me, but for you too. He has more to make of your life. And with that more includes more joy, more purpose, more peace, more connection with the Holy Ghost, more feeling of his love, more serving his children and building the kingdom of God, more fulfillment, more bliss. I know it. I know it's there for you. No matter what burden you're carrying, no matter what is keeping you on your knees, there's more in store. President Nelson has told us this. Good things are to come. Great things are to come for those who keep their covenants, for those who are faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. So this was the very first one on my list because this talk, a plea to my sisters, is one of my core anchor talks. And I have marked it up. I've marked up several different versions of it. But one of the things that I really loved about this talk is he says to the sisters, we need your strength, your conversion. This is important. Your conversion, your conviction. We need this. Your ability to lead, your wisdom, and your voices. Sisters, we are needed. God needs us. He needs you. He needs you to step up. He needs you to deepen your conversion. He needs you to strengthen your conviction. He needs your voice. He needs you. I loved this and I needed to feel needed. He also, he says, says there's no way we can possibly measure all the influence and the power of the women of the church. And there's so many marvelous quotes. I'm actually going to do another episode just on this talk. So I don't want to spend a lot of time, but I did want to just share with you one other thing that stood out to me. If you can see here, I'm holding up the the enzyme that has the talk in it. And you know how they always include pictures in the enzyme? Well, I loved the talk as I heard it. But then when we finally actually got the physical copy in the mail, I opened to the talk and flipped over the page as I was reading it. And there in this big picture, which I'm showing you now on the screen, if you can see it, was my dear friend, Julie. And as I read this talk, and saw her smile. And there she is with another dear friend of hers, someone she'd been working with to do service in Africa to help young girls, someone she had been connecting with, someone who was staying at her home, someone who had become dear to her. You see the joy in their smiles. And knowing Julie, I have known her for a very long time, almost my entire life. She actually ended up in the same ward these last 15 years and she recently moved away. I miss her in our ward, but we stayed connected. And I saw her picture and I thought, yes, she is one of these women that President Nelson is talking about. I want to be like her. I want to be filled with the joy of living and serving and doing my best, not perfectly, but doing my best to be the woman God intends me to be. That's how Julie is. And don't worry, we've had plenty of long talks as we have cried and shared our struggles and our weaknesses and our sorrows and our worries, where we feel we're failing. I have received encouragement from her and I hope I've been able to encourage her back. But I know that she's one of these women. It's who I'm striving to be. And I believe you are one of these women as well. So that is one of my anchor talks. 
a plea to my sisters. I love it. It is shaping my life still today. Another one of my favorites, oh no, not favorites, Anchor Talks, is the talk Nourishing and Bearing Your Testimony by Elder Stevenson from October 2022. And the thing I love about this is the more I studied it, I had this thought and this question of, okay, what does it mean to bear testimony? And I looked in the 1828 dictionary and there were a lot of different meanings for bear. And one of them was to carry or to bear witness. Maybe it's strange, but I kind of started thinking about these. I'm like, huh, okay, so I'm, I'm carrying my testimony. I'm bearing it. Let me try and get that right. Bearing it, meaning I'm taking it with me. It is, it, I'm carrying with me all the time. But then another definition. So I actually printed out the definitions of bear from the dictionary and I've put them inside my, my, uh, like annual general conference book. So somebody years ago had the idea of taking both the April and the October conferences. I guess that would be the May Liahona and the November Liahona, and then putting them together and binding them with a spiral binding and putting a good cover on the front and the back. And I know some people do this for both, like they do it individually. So they'll do just the May one and put it in a binding and just the November one and put it in a binding. And that's great too. I just like to keep mine together for the whole year because it, for me, it's I like to just study what they did in that year and, and the bindings are a little big, so it saves some space on my shelf. But anyway, going back to Elder Stevenson's talk, what I did is I printed out the definitions from the 1828 dictionary and I underlined the parts I liked. And then I had that and I put that in to the binding right next to his talk. And so here's a definition that really made me think. It says another definition of to bear is to wear to bear as a mark of authority or distinction, as to bear a sword, a badge, a name. And I thought that got me thinking and I thought, wow, okay, so how do I wear my testimony? How do I wear the name of Jesus Christ that I have covenanted to take upon me? So this idea of wearing it shifted my mind and shifted my attention and shifted my behavior. How am I wearing my testimony? And I've thought about that a lot, even in years before that, but it just helped me to think about strengthening, nourishing, and how am I bearing and wearing my testimony. So that's another one. I could talk forever on all of these, so it's hard to keep my comments short. Um, and then also from October 2022, we had seeing more of Jesus Christ in our lives. This was from Tracy Y. Browning, and she talked about her needing her glasses. Remember how she couldn't see anything if she didn't have her glasses? And then she encouraged us and helped us figure out how we could see more of Jesus Christ in our life. And I love that idea. I really love, I'm finding as I made this list, I really love the ones where they use really great analogies or object lessons, things that help me think about what they're teaching differently and also help me remember. So that was another one, uh, seeing more of Jesus Christ in our lives. And then a talk that for me was a game changer. So a super powerful and amazing talk from October 2022 was given by Elder David A. Bednar titled, Put on Thy Strength, O Zion. Now this talk was interesting because it was a parable within a parable within a parable. He was teaching us about parables. He prefaces his talk about teaching us about parables. And then he shares the parable of the wedding feast and explains it and talks about 
how the people were invited and that those that came to the feast were given a garment to wear. And if they were not wearing the garment, then they were not following the invitation. They had not entered through the right gate. They had not come with the right attitude, essentially, to the wedding feast. So he tells this parable and then he expounds on the parable, but he doesn't necessarily give all the details. He actually is teaching it like a parable. So we have to dig into this one to understand what he is truly saying. And the more I studied it, the more apparent it became to me what he was truly teaching us, what he wanted us to understand. And it wasn't just about our covenants. It isn't just about, are we coming to the feast? Are we showing up? Are we willing? But there's a much, in my opinion, a much deeper meaning to this talk. And I looked at the footnotes. If you're studying and you use the footnotes, you know that there are hidden treasures in the footnotes. There's so much more you can learn if you go into those footnotes. So I did go to those and it led me to some other talks. And so I studied these other talks. And as I did so, again, it became extremely clear that Elder Bednar was teaching us many things, but among them, one so very important is we need to consider our ways in how we are treating and wearing the temple garment and its purpose and its importance. And so I hope you'll go back and study that one and then and go to the footnotes and look up information about the temple garment. And you will see, you will see that he knew what he was teaching about. This is a masterful talk from Elder Bednar. It's amazing. And here's one of the promises he gives us. As we appropriately seek for the spiritual gift of eyes to see and ears to hear, I promise that we will be blessed with the capacity and judgment to strengthen our covenant connection with the living Lord. We also will receive the power of godliness in our lives and ultimately be both called to and chosen for the Lord's feast. And then he says, Zion must arise and put on her beautiful garments. Study this one. Wow. We, it's one of those where I know that when I kneel before the Lord, I want to be able to say to him, I got your message and I tried to live it by how I wore my garments. I don't want him to say, I told you, I tried to tell you and you would not listen. Or in other words, you refused to put on the wedding garment and come to the feast with the correct and appropriate covenant attitude. So that's enough on that one. Again, I could talk about it for a long time, but that's a big one, a really, really big one. All right, let's go on. It's so hard to choose because there are so, so many. Um, I'm just going to mention a few, and maybe they're your favorites as well. So one of them was from Sister Michelle Craig called Divine Discontent. Do you remember that one? That was so good and helped explain sometimes why we have these feelings of, huh, okay, I do need to change or, oh, I, I need to rethink what I'm doing or I do have this question and, and now what do we do about it? How we lean into the Lord. Anyway, so, so good. And then... Um, so hard because I have this list of 65. Your Divine Nature and Eternal Destiny by Elder Renland. Amazing. It was so, so amazing. Maybe you recall that this is the talk where Elder Renland actually went through the young women theme, the new young women theme. And it was so great to hear from one of our apostles, his thoughts 
on women and young women. And such, such a powerful talk. I loved it. He teaches truth. He lays it out so beautifully. And I strongly encourage you to go back and study this one too. He says, Heavenly Father's prescribed path leads to the best eternal outcomes. We are free to choose, but we cannot choose the consequences of not following the revealed path. We cannot deviate from Heavenly Father's course and then blame him for inferior outcomes. And I know that may not sound very exciting to you, but to me, I think, actually, I love that. I love that because it means he's shown us the way. So if we follow the way, we're good. Just as he can't bless us if we deviate from his path, he is also bound by eternal law to bless us if we do follow his covenant path. And Elder Renlund goes on, he teaches us about our identity. We are beloved daughters of God, that we have heavenly parents, and we have a divine nature, that we have divine potential. So important. And he talks about how everyone is needed on the Lord's team. And then he says, I invite you to center your life on Jesus Christ and remember the foundational truths in the young women theme. If you are willing, the Holy Ghost will guide you. Our Heavenly Father wants you to become His heir and receive all that He has. He cannot offer you more. He's offered us everything, right? Um, He cannot promise you more. He loves you more than you know and wants you to be happy in this life and in the life to come. Aren't these amazing, beautiful promises? Every talk has such powerful promises. I mark them in blue because to me, blue is tied to, well, I'm looking at the blue sky actually out my window and I see, okay, that is, that to me is our, our gateway to heaven. And blue is tied to emotion, how I feel and what I truly want. So I mark my promises in blue, the promises that they gave, give us. You can mark them in whatever color you want, but that's how I know and see all the promises. Alrighty, just another one or two. Um, so there's just so many, it's hard to choose. What I found is that I only went through a couple of years, maybe three, four years, actually maybe five. And Sister Eubank, she shared Christ, the light that shines in darkness. And remember, she talked about how she could see the temple, the lights out her window, and then they started working on it. And then the lights were off and it was so strange to not be able to see them. And then she again talks about our identity and our purpose and turning to Christ so that we can see his light and lean into him when we are feeling fearful, when we are feeling like we're not enough, when we're worrying about others, when we are faced with a challenge or maybe a calling, just so many different things, especially when we need to know who God intends us to become and have the courage to step into that. So there's another great one. President Oaks gave, where will this lead? And this was to the young men in April of 2019. What a great question as we consider our choices. Where will this lead? And then Elder Razmand, I loved his talk, build a fortress of spirituality and protection, talking to us about this fortress idea. Oh, so good. And then we have careful versus casual from Sister Craven. That was in April 2019. Another talk that I go back to all the time. And sometimes I don't even go back to the whole talk. It's just the idea of it, the casual versus careful. And sometimes I replace the word careful with intentional. And I actually was thinking about this last week in the last couple of days because things have been pretty hectic in my life the last eight weeks. There's been a lot going on that I did not anticipate. And most of it, honestly, wasn't not that it was all bad. There were some things that we would probably not want to experience again, but many of them were good. It just really came because I have children. I'm a mom. And for the last 
I guess it's 10 weeks now, my children needed a lot of attention. They just needed a lot of help with various things. And three of them are adult children and they needed the most. So it's been a very crazy couple of months. And I found that I was so exhausted. And Sister Ubake actually talks about this as well. That sometimes we're just so tired, but I was so exhausted that I wasn't giving myself the time in the word of God as I had been, even though I was still reading and I'd, I'd read a verse here, I'd listen to a talk there. I wasn't getting the depth of the study. I wasn't giving the amount of time that I typically did. And then I realized last week that I had become casual about it. It wasn't that I couldn't do it, but had no longer been my top priority. And so I was still getting it done. I was reading the scriptures. I was you know, listening to the talks, but it was like, oh, I'll just listen to it here. Oh, it's okay. If I don't pick up my scriptures today, I'll just listen as I drive. Oh, it's okay. And I'm not saying that isn't bad. Isn't, you know, that's not enough because some days it's all we've got. But what had happened is I'd moved from the some days it's all I could do into, I really did have the time and energy to do it, but I allowed my to-do list to take control and take priority instead of putting the study of God's word first. I could feel the lack of the connection. I could feel the lack of the power in my life. And I knew that that wasn't the space I wanted to stay. Because once you taste and feel of the power that President Nelson has been teaching us about, that he has been sharing with us over all these talks as I went through them, I kept noticing how many times the word power came up. And it was almost always tied to faith and covenants, keeping our covenants. But I couldn't identify. I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like I'm connected. Oh, I just don't feel the spirit. And that wasn't true either because the spirit was with me. I was feeling the spirit guiding me. What I was lacking was the amount of power. It was like I was plugged in, but that the wattage or the current wasn't very strong. So maybe I can relate it this way. I have one of those blow dryer things with the brush on the end. And lately, as I've been doing my hair, it'll go really, you can hear all the air and it's just blowing like crazy. It's loud and everything. And then all of a sudden, it just gets softer and the air gets less, it dies down, and it's not as powerful. And I'm not doing anything to it. I can just tell it's changing. The current that is coming into my blow dryer is changing. And I'm not an electrician, so I'm going to mess it up, I'm sure. But either the amps that are coming through, whatever it is, the strength of the current was changing. Sometimes it was strong. Sometimes it was weak. It was still there. It was still blowing my hair, but it wasn't constant. And having used it for a couple of years at full power, I knew what it could do and how long it would take me to blow dry my hair. Well, now that this started happening, it started taking me longer and I wasn't ready for that. You know how valuable time is. I know your time's valuable. So I calculate how much time do I need to blow dry my hair and oh, the fact that it was taking longer, that was not okay with me. Well, I can relate that to how I was feeling about the power of God that I had in my life. It was there, but I knew I was not accessing the full power that was available to me. And it was because I wasn't studying and giving time to the Lord and to his word. And although we could go on and on and on with all of these, that that thought of careful versus casual, I had become casual almost without even realizing it. It just kind of happened. And so I'm so grateful for this talk and just leaving this phrase, this comparison, because it helped me go, oh, I'm casual. I've got to get careful again. I've got to make this a priority. And so I would love to share more of these favorites. There's so, 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 so many, but I don't want to keep you. I want you to be able to go and find your own anchor talks, 
find the ones that are most meaningful to you. I will say this, every single one of President Nelson's has been a game changer. Every single one. And I do try to listen to his talks and go back over the years. Every, I don't get all of them every month, but I do try to go and listen to at least his last two or three every month. And he knows what we need to hear. He is led and directed by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I know that he is a prophet called for us at this time. And I pray for and sustain President Nelson. And I am so grateful because I truly believe as I've gone back and kind of traced the pattern of his talks that he gave us that plea, the plea to the sisters. And now in these last eight years, he's been showing us how to answer his plea. He has been showing us how to stay on the covenant path. He has been guiding us to Jesus Christ. And if we will put the time and effort into it, we will feel the love of God. We will feel the power in our lives. I just want to add one more thing. As I spent the time to go back, I know I've talked about the fact that for four and a half years, I had a calling in our stake to teach a weekly class on the general conference talks. So every week I was diving deeply into one talk and then teaching about it with a marvelous group of brothers and sisters where we would have such amazing conversations and I learned so much. And what was interesting is as I went back through my all my bound scriptures, words of a general conference, I have a stack here of eight of these and there's more in this hand. They're heavy, but they are amazing. And these are some of my most valuable possessions. These are like a record of my spiritual journey and physical journey in a lot of ways too. But as I went back and got, went through each year, I was like, oh my goodness, oh, this one, oh, this one, they're so amazing and made that list of 65. But then I started getting further back and further back and I thought, oh, hmm, that one sounds like it'd be good, but I don't really remember it. Oh, huh, yeah, I'm not recognizing a lot of these. And then I realized that I was into the years that were prior to my calling to teach this class every week. And I felt like I had missed out. I thought, oh my goodness, I didn't know. Forgive me, please, because in 2017, I didn't know what was waiting and available for me in these talks. Now I do. And I know that if you will give time to the Lord in his word, and I know President Nelson's taught us many ways we can do it. So I'm only focusing right here on the words of General Conference. If you will give time to study General Conference talks, you will be changed. You will have an increase of joy and light and strength and hope and power in your life. And all it takes is just pick one a week. Be prayerful about it. Pick one a week. And as I was preparing, I'll just share with you one thing I did, and it made all the difference. As I had a mantra, I just said, whatever talk it was, I just said, I will touch the talk every day. Now that meant sometimes I would read it. Sometimes I would listen to it. Sometimes I would watch watch it so I could see their facial expressions. But just touch the talk every day. One talk a week for one week. I promise if you will put forth that effort, you will find golden nuggets and truths for your life that Heavenly Father desperately wants you to have. And you will feel more of his love and you will better be able to face all that is in this world that's giving you a hard time right now. And you'll be able to become 
the sister, the woman, the woman of covenant, the President Nelson and President Kimball have said that we as covenant keeping women can be. I know this is true. I hope you will find joy in general conference and I hope you can find at least one or two anchor talks. I know we are coming up on a new conference and I am so, so, so excited, but it's a little bittersweet because I always worry that I haven't done enough with what was given to me six months ago. And yet I look forward to knowing and hearing from our leaders. It's going to be great. And I can't wait to dive into these talks with you. We will be taking them hopefully one a week and diving into them. I hope you'll join me. I hope you will take time and make general conference a priority. And I love it. I love you. The Lord loves you. May we all prosper stronger together. And if you would like to feel more love from him. If you would like to receive more personal revelation in regards to not only what he's teaching us in general conference and as you study the scriptures, but to guide you in your purpose and in what he needs you to do, then I invite you to go to prosperstronger.com and just download the free personal revelation guide. It's a journaling page and it, and it walks you through an exercise. I've used this over and over and over again. And every time, whether it's for myself, for my children, for primary class, for adults, every time the pattern works. And this is a pattern given to us by our prophet. He has used it as well. It works. The Lord wants to speak to you. He loves you. Prosper stronger in Christ. Thank you for joining the Prosper Stronger podcast today. We hope that you have felt inspired and empowered. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. I also invite you to join me at prosperstronger.com where you will find free resources to help you grow and learn as well as join in our discussions where we go deeper into some of the things that we talk about here on our podcast. Remember that you are loved and cherished by Heavenly Father who wants you to prosper and thrive. Until next time, may you continue to cultivate covenant connections with God, with others, and with yourself, and find strength in the gospel of Jesus Christ.